Cheap Talk 51, Side 2 of the Doctor. And more. And more. That's always more. It's time for some Cheap Talk. You're listening to Trick Chat. Welcome back to Cheap Talk. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today. And today, Brian Cramp and Joe Royland and myself will be looking at Side 2 of the Doctor. But first, we want to welcome Tracy Yashulis back to Cheap Talk. Hello. How are you doing? I'm Ducky. How are you? Doing very good. Boy, we got a lot of great response on Cheap Talk 50, the Doctor Side 1 Facebook page went nuts with it. It sure did. Tracy, I ask you here today to give us some of the feedback from the Cheap Talk Facebook page. What do you have for us? I have several, actually. Um, Pat Francis says, People always talk about the In Color Steve Albini sessions, which I could care less about because In Color is perfect just the way it was originally recorded. If you want to go back and record an album... It should be this one. There are some great songs on this disc, and if you strip away all those 80s-era effects, this would be solid. Of course, change that cover, too. Have Rick on the operating table with Robin, Bun and John pulling guitars out of his open chest. That would have been cool. A couple microphone cables and stuff like that. That would have been neat. Drumstick, like Bunny could have been operating with drumsticks. I could see the visual. Yeah, Rick would have those weird black sunglasses that he had on the album <laughs> cover. That'd be cool. Yes. I still need a doctor. Definitely need a doctor. And the next one. Well, wait a second. What do you think of that? What do I think of that comment? What do you think uh, of Pat's comment there? I don't know. I don't have a problem with the album cover myself, although his version of the cover sounds pretty funny, so that would be okay with me, too. But what do you think about his comment on instead of about, taking all this time to re-record what many in Cheap Trick fandom think of as a perfect album? Why not re-record this? I thought In Color was fine, and I I don't see all of the fuss over the Steve Albini sessions, but some of the things that came out of it were pretty good. Mm. I think that uh, I'm a purist, so leave it as it is. It was meant to be that way. <laughs> right. But that's a whole nother episode, right? It sure is. Yeah. What else was said on Facebook? Scott Vizcara said, I just listened to the podcast. I found it to be high comedy indeed. I bought this album when it first came back 22 years ago. I found it to be different, but I just took it as an experimental album with great aspects and not so great aspects to it. In recording history, there is so much out there that was marketed that was just so bad and to compare this to some of the worst stuff out there is comical. Go ahead and reproduce the album the way you like and feel good about it, but as far as I'm concerned, I can look past all the inadequacies to see the real good parts of the album, which I do listen to and appreciate. Next, we have Stephen Roth, who says, Next to It's Only Love, Far and Away the Best Songs on the Record. It's up to you as a motivational speech in a song and one I listen to a lot. Phoenix Phil said, I never actually heard this album beyond the tracks on the box set, but after listening to the podcast, I have to say I'm pleasantly surprised. Is it top tier cheap trick? No, of course not, but it's a hell of a lot better than the bog standard dad rock of the last two albums. And as for its synth heavy production, 
I think the change is as good as a rest. A neat little pop-tinged anomaly, in my opinion. You know, I always find it weird when I, I find fans that don't own all of the Cheap Trick albums proper in their catalog, aren't you? Yes, I actually am. Because, you know, got to get them all. It's like Pokemon, right? Got to get it them really all. It really is. <laughs> got to get them all. That's right. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's always cool to hear from you folks and to let us know what you are digging and what you like about the show as well. We really appreciate the feedback here. I got to ask you, do you have a favorite track off this album? Do I? Mm-hmm. Hmm, let's see. Uh, I have probably at least one. Let me see. I have to think about it for a minute. I don't want to say the wrong thing and then have all kinds of people yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> I like Take Me to the Top. That is really a great track. I mean, there's not a ton of them on here that I would say I absolutely adore, but I can't say that I really despise to the point of having to skip any of them either. Yeah. But Take Me to the Top is just a beautiful semi-ballad. I'm not it, it's almost too peppy to be a ballad, but it's it's clearly written like with a ballad kind of thing in mind, right? Right. I definitely think side 2 is better than side 1. Can you believe that? Well, it's it's good that you're on this episode, then, <laughs> right? So Cuz I also really like It's Only Love. Yep. Now there's a little bit of business I want to take care of before we go on here but we have closed the cheap talk twitter account and we have folded it into our pop staff tweets which so if you want to tweet cheap talk at this point you have to tweet at pop staff tweets you can find us on twitter and links will be in the show notes right that's right mm -hmm. pretty active page there and we put up all of our cheap talk episodes up there and, and some of our other stuff which we do through the pop a pop culture podcast and if you really want to hear more about cheap trick the doctor i want you to check out ralph Vieira's cheap trick tube over on youtube there will be links in the show notes for this but ralph recently did cheap trick tube review 11 which is the doctor and hear what he has to say and see what he has to say we love ralph Vieira. he's actually my actual doctor so check him out he's a great guy with a great opinion love ralph that's right mm -hmm. and before we turn it over to our round table proper i want to thank you for coming by today and being our uh male person here <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I, I appreciate you and uh, your positive attitude. We appreciate everybody with positive attitudes over at the Cheap Talk Facebook page. It, it's it's great to make a great, fun community. And you can learn a lot of cool stuff there. So thank you all for being so cool over there. Now, we have a big treat. Before we turn it over to the actual roundtable discussion of the doctor side, too, we have a, a huge treat from one of our uh, favorite people, Christopher Todd Davis. He's a musician and so much more. He actually heard our call to cure the doctor, and he gave us this fantastic version of Are You Lonely Tonight? So I asked Christopher Todd Davis to write a little bit about how he created this great track, and he wrote, 
I've been a Cheap Trick fan since I was nine years old. Like most of you, I've been right there to buy every new Cheap Trick record the day it came out. Maybe unlike some of you, however, I've always kind of saw the bright side of the Doctor, and I've found myself listening to it quite a bit over the last 32 years since its release. Do I wish it was a heavier, more classic-sounding Cheap Trick record? Oh yes, most definitely. But there are some true gems on this album. They just got buried under all of that weird 80s production. On that, I think we all agree. Initially, when Kevin O'Connor proposed the idea of a cure for the doctor, I began recording a version of Kiss Me Red and got about 50% completed, but there it sat for the last year or more unfinished. After listening to the Cheap Talk podcast for the doctor side one, I once again got into the idea of completing it. Then it dawned on me that I'd rather cover a song the guys in Cheap Trick wrote rather than do a cover a song they covered. The decision was easy. Are You Lonely Tonight has always been a favorite from that album. One thing that hit me early on in the recording process was the fact that I am no Robin Zander. So the only way I was going to pull it off in any capacity was just to have fun and try to make this version my own, while still maintaining the spirit of that heavy guitar-driven side of Cheap Trick I love so much and was sorely missing from the doctor. After I finished recording the song, one thing was clear. I needed my friend... Pete Ortega, to play bass on it. KISS fans may know Pete Ortega as Double Virgo, the man behind the reimagined version of the 80s KISS tune Secretly Cruel. Pete is not just one of my closest friends, but one of the best musicians I know. We've played together since our freshman year of high school in 1982. In 1997, we formed the Cheap Trick tribute band In Color briefly mentioned in the book Reputation is a Fragile Thing, and still do occasional shows now and again. Having him recut the bass on the track was definitely the right call. I think I must have sent Ken at least five versions of this song saying it's done, then I'd come up with something else that I wanted to drop into the mix. At some point you have to stop yourself from overthinking and overdoing stuff. So here it is. I know a lot of fans have a hard time listening to cover versions of Cheap Trick songs. I do too, which is why I've never recorded one until now. I mean, it's not like anyone is going to improve on a Cheap Trick song, right? Just try to remember that I am a diehard fan like all of you. And this was just a lot of fun to do. Thank you, Ken and BJ, for playing it. And thank you for Kevin O'Connor for the inspiration. I think a cure for the doctor is a great idea. And I hope some musicians that listen to this podcast get inspired to do their own versions of one of the songs from that record. Well, thank you, Christopher Todd Davis. I hope that other musicians want to do their own take of a song off of the doctor for a cure for the doctor. We will play them right here on Cheap Talk, all of them. Send them, we'll play them. So without further ado, here is Christopher Todd Davis and Pete Ortega doing an extremely inspired version of Are You Lonely Tonight with so many cool callbacks to so many cool Cheap Trick moments. So thank you, Christopher. On the other side of this, you're going to hear Brian Cramp, myself, and Joe Royland discuss Side 2 of The Doctor. But here is Christopher Todd Davis with his version of Are You Lonely Tonight?
Now, who said The Doctor was a bad album? Only every critic in the United States, but so what do they know? Are you enjoying yourselves this evening? I need a doctor, doctor. The new album is called The Doctor. And we're back. So here we are. We're flipping over the album. Here we are, side two. Remember when we did that, folks? We're doing it again. And as usual, I'm joined by the lovely and talented and effervescent Brian Cramp, BJ Cramp. Welcome back to Cheap Talk. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. And we have from the Sit and Spin podcast, it's Jumpin' Joe Royland. Back again to take on the second half of the Doctor album. Very good. This album came out on vinyl, cassette, and CD. That was going to become something that would become less and less of a thing. Right, guys? That was really early for CDs. Yeah, it was. It was one of the first batch of CDs that got commercially put out there. Before, like, some of, like, the first three albums, it was on CD. Ooh, you guys probably had a long box. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It Sorry. came in one of those uh, clear plastic long boxes. It didn't mm-hmm. come in an actual like artwork long box. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It, which was very frustrating because you couldn't get into those damn things. Oh, Jesus, yes. <laughs> it's like, who are they trying to stop them from stealing, you know? If you got out the door with this thing, now you still can't get into it, and you paid for it. I think at the time, this this and... At Budokan were the only albums that were on CD. It was like most of the rest of the band's catalog didn't come out until after Lap of Luxury was mm. released. There's got to be somebody out there that collects long boxes, right? I used oh, to. I used to have all. Oh yeah. <laughs> then it just got to be too much, and I'm like, why am I holding on to these? And I chucked them all out. <laughs> or what I would do sometimes is I would cut them up and and make cassette artwork when I made like a, a tape and just use the long box materials to make my own little cassette artwork chances are if right. you watch a and e hoarders you'll run into some long box collectors yeah. <laughs> since we're flipping the record over can we talk about the back cover sure did you guys notice if you look at the back cover of the album they reversed the black and white and in color motif yeah so they've yes. got they've got robin and john are have pretty boy headshots and they're black and white and then Rick and Bunny are in color, and they're both wearing, like, goofy sunglasses, and Rick looks like he's in the Pet Shop Boys. But <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they they did that. It's should... definitely a callback. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. Rick actually looks like Richard O'Brien from Rocky Horror here. <laughs> like a science fiction Rick. I should point yeah. out, too, that the uh, the original CD back case does not have the artwork for the original album back cover. It's just, it's a kind of like a little motif that's like, like, there's no pictures at all. It's just like white with a bunch of black dots on it, and it's got a listing of all the songs and like a red box and then some other yeah. information. But it does not have the same back cover as the album or the reissued version of the CD. Yeah, and that's when we got this weird little 2000 icon. Did you notice that started, yep. what, on Standing on the Edge? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this is the only time that they actually included John Brandt in that 
concept of separating the pretty boys and the oddballs, you know? Yeah, it's right. a little callback to the days of glory. Yeah. All right, well, let's kick it off. And here we are. Side two, track one, which is the sixth song on the CD. It's Kiss Me Red. Steinberg and Tom Kelly but there's a lot of cheap trickness about this uh, it, it, to me it sounds like cheap trick BJ your thoughts on kiss me red well you know anyone who listens to my podcast shameless plug rock and or roll knows that I like this kind of song um, definitely I like the kind of song that this is this song is produced pretty well actually for what it mm-hmm. is agreed it's extremely commercial, obviously. Robin sounds really great on this song. But, and this is a big but, <laughs> the chorus lyrics to me are horrendous. I cannot stand the Kiss Me Rouge <laughs> line. is horrible. And it, the, I hate the lyrics of the chorus. I really do. They, they kind of kill it. They really hinder my enjoyment of the song. I mean, practically... Kiss Me Rouge practically practically ruins the song for me. Um, I would totally love this song. I would be a huge defender of this song if it weren't for the shitty lyrics. But the lyrics are just shit, man. They're really bad. They're embarrassing. So that that creates an issue. This is almost as bad as Yes's Love Will Find A Way, where the song's going along and it sounds really good. And then the guy says, I eat shit. John Lamro's kick. (laughs) Yeah. When this song kicks in, it sounds great, I think, but I like this kind of thing. So, I mean, I know a lot of people get turned off by whatever they don't like about 80s, you know, poppy, hard rock, AOR, whatever. But it sounds really good to me. Yeah. Um, It's just those shitty lyrics, so. I love Robin's vocals on it. Yeah. This is great. great. And for all the sins that were on side one, side two actually is doing really good like for example if you wanted to make an ep or a perfect side you can do it with this album and just you know dump the other tracks but this is not a bad kickoff to side two i almost wonder if it should have been the first song on the album well yeah if you, if you second <clears throat> yeah yeah good idea yeah, yeah. joe if you look at this this is a hit maker song it's written by the guys that wrote like a virgin and eternal flame and whatever right. and uh 
And so here's an example of what Robin Zander could do with one of those songs. He fucking kills it. He yeah. Crushes, he sounds so great on it. So. And that's the thing. Like this song is, is was actually recorded. There's a history to this song too. Yeah. Um, they didn't. Cheap Trick weren't the first people to record it. This was actually uh, recorded for the soundtrack to the short-lived CBS show Dreams, starring yep. John Stamos and Jamie Gertz. And, yeah. And um, that version actually sounds more new wavy. It's even more right. keyboard heavy. It sounds more like Blondie or Missing Persons. And on the soundtrack version, uh, it's all Lisa Stevenson doing the lead vocals in the, you can look up videos for it on YouTube and it's John Stamos doing more of the lead vocal on it. But it was also later recorded by ELO part two after like most of the original, like Je- Jeff Lynn had moved on and stuff and they kept ELO going, but without him, uh, out of all the versions that are out there, cheap trick definitely does the best version of this song. And, I think like, this is one of those things where they said the label kind of like you read all the stuff and they say, oh, like the label wanted us to record the song. So we did it. How much of that is 100 percent accurate or not? But I think it's possible because I think the label's like we need a hit. These guys are proven hit makers. You know, if you have this song, you know, there was no for the record label. There was no reason to believe the song didn't have the potential to be a hit because you have a proven hit making team writing the song. And here they are touring with Hart. Hart would later actually record another song from that soundtrack, which was Alone, uh, a year later, and have a huge hit with it. But you know, they were probably kind of thinking along those same lines. But for whatever reason, like Ken said, maybe if they'd actually released, this was supposed to be the first single on the al- released from the album. Maybe if they'd actually done that, it may have performed better. The album may have performed better, but they didn't choose to release this as a single. I really think that would have made all the difference in the world and let It's Only Love do, you know, back cleanup. You know what I'm saying? I think it would have made this a much stronger album in the eyes of many people. This song, Kiss Me Red, comes in off the worst. We On the Facebook page, we did two different polls. Worst song on The Doctor and best song on The Doctor, as discussed in our last episode. Well, we're now taking a look to see where Kiss Me Red fits in on the worst song on the doctor and it comes in at number six robert lawson picked that one so he so there you go robert (laughs) how strange is it that the most commercial song in the album and the one song that they didn't write probably gets the best production job of the whole record Going off of what you said, it came to the band complete, basically. So there was already a clear direction and roadmap of where to go with it. I'm not sure that the other songs got the same kind of love that this one did. Yeah. Joe? This song and the next two tracks on the album were also mixed by a different person, which was uh, Jason Corsaro, who's like a known mixer, engineer, producer, too. So that might be another reason why it sounds better than some of the other songs on the album. Right, right. Well, off our poll off the best songs on The Doctor, this one comes in at number four. So a lot of people enjoyed this song, and rightly so. This is, yeah. No, you were saying? What would you rank this on the Butler scale? I give this one a plus one for sure. BJ? I give it a one, but uh, if they had only rewritten the the lyrics of the chorus, if they just said anything else, I would like it a lot more. I'll give it a one, too. 
BJ, I'm going to kiss you ruse as we eat at Shane News. So kiss me smooth. <laughs> uh, it's so bad. Rough. Kiss me. Smooth. <laughs> what the fuck, man? But I will agree with BJ that this is a perfect example of, of Robin Zander being able to take like an average song and elevating it beyond what it was. I understand why they kicked off side two with it, but they could have used that love a little bit more on side one. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I agree. But what BJ, correct me if I'm wrong on this. Like that and this would be something that like uh Ryan and A D from the uh Shabby Road podcast wasn't traditionally the first song on side two, like the first or second single. Yeah, sometimes. Well, you know, you would definitely notice that bands would usually would put like a heavier or more upbeat kind of song on that's first song on side two, I think. But yeah, putting a single there makes sense too, yeah. Yeah, it, it was almost a spot to, like, kick things off again, right? Like, here's right. your second yeah. chance to, to get a kick in the ass going for the album, like a way to get your heart jumping again, something. Well, yeah, that's what I always say is albums that had two first songs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that's one thing that in the digital era just doesn't exist anymore, but it used to be the first song outside, too. That was a prominent – yeah, you, they gave a – you would think they gave a lot of thought to what they were going to put there most of the time. Right. But nobody gives a lot of thought to, you know, what's going to be track six on iTunes, right? Right, so. right, right. Three pluses all the way around on this, right? Yep. Yeah. Joe, you are keeping score. I am. As usual, the guest keeps score, so there you go. Cheap trick. Go.
Our next song, see, again, this is where the album is good. The next song to me, track seven, Take Me to the Top. Top, the second song off of side two, written by Nielsen and Xander. Great lush song. It makes me have hope for the glory days and the best of what is yet to come. And I really dig this song. It is perfect. Lush is a great term to describe it. Joe Royland, your thoughts on Take Me to the Top? I agree. I think this is one of the best songs on the album. I think this should have actually opened side two of the record. I agree with everything you said about it being lush. I love the mixing of electric and acoustic guitars on the song. There's a lot of cool things that are a little buried in the mix that would have maybe been better brought up. And I love the backing vocals at the very end of the song, the little oh's. Those have always kind of killed me. But yeah, this is definitely one of the best songs on the album. Sometimes BJ will describe me as a lush when I get drunk and take notes (laughs) on a Friday night. So from one lush to another, BJ, your thoughts on Take Me to the Top? Yeah, this is one of the best songs on the album, but that's not necessarily high praise. <laughs> I I think this still has a terrible drum sound and pretty bad production to me. It could have been a lot better than it is. The verse melody I wrote is kind of choppy. I don't, I, you know, to me, this is no Y-O-Y-O-Y or Tonight It's You, like not even close to as good as those songs, in my opinion. But it sounds like it was written by the same people. Right. Yeah, it's it's a good song. It has a good chorus, but it's definitely not one of my favorite cheap trick ballads or anything, you know. It's uh but it doesn't have a ton of competition on this record, so maybe it it gets a little more love just because it's a better written song or higher quality, better presentation than a lot of the rest of the album. I do like it. It still has a lot of issues with the production, I think though. Yeah, the, I think the only thing I would change is some of the keyboard sounds. I maybe swap them out with something else. There's that kind of I don't even know how I'd describe it, but the very recognizable synth sound that I would totally change. Maybe make it a piano or something instead. There's not much I'd change about this, so you're both wrong, and you can both fuck right off. <laughs> I still give it a big plus one though, Ken. Hot. Oh yeah, it's a, it's definitely a plus one. Look at Royland over there. Look at the size. Look at the size. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's, he's got a plus one, and he's not a, he's not hiding it. It's aimed right at you. <laughs> but there's one lyrical sin in this song. One hundred and ten percent. God, I yeah. hate it when yeah. I hate it like that became a thing like in the nineties, where like uh, I give a hundred and ten percent. I don't give just a hundred percent. I give a hundred and ten percent. So you give a hundred. This is basically the so, but these go to eleven, right? So this <laughs> that lyric is a but these go to eleven. My love goes to eleven on this one. So, but I can I can overlook it. If that's the worst thing I could say about this song, then it's a it's a grateful oasis of joy on this album. So let's take a look at where we rank on the worst song off the Doctor. And uh, Take Me to the Top comes in. Oh, nobody voted it as one of the worst songs on the album. There are three songs. There were three songs that didn't get any votes. And we'll mention those at the end. Okay. Oh, and over on the best song on The Doctor, Take Me to the Top comes in at number one. This is the number one like song with 60 votes going to Take Me to the Top. So there you go. Pretty good, huh? Did you expect that one? Are you surprised by that in any way? No, No. I'm not surprised (laughs) at all. (laughs) All right. So congratulations. Take Me to the Top wins the best song from the folks over at Cheap Talk Facebook page. And if you're not there, you should come in. But answer the question so we'll let you in because I'm not letting people in that aren't real. This is, it's definitely the band's favorite song in America, too. It's the only one they've actually pulled out. They played this at the Silver concert, right? Because they said they were going to do one song from every album at that show. And they didn't pick The Doctor? (laughs) But I think they've done it more than that. This is the one song that kind of has legs from the album, I think, later in the band's career. So...
Again, it sounds like them. Yeah. So that's one of the best things I can say about a Cheap Trick song is that it sounds like Cheap Trick. Yeah, this might be the only song on the record that you could have put on one of their 70s albums, you know? This could have been on, like, Dream Police or something, and it wouldn't have sounded weird, you know? You know, I could hear that. I honestly could hear that. All right, the next song, track eight. This is BJ's favorite song. He gets out his air guitar and his lover boy headband, bandana, and he, he puts it on and he, he air guitars rocks to this. I know he does. BJ, this is your favorite song. It's track eight, Good Girls Go to Heaven, Bad Girls Go Everywhere. Nice. <laughs> Hot. Written 
by Rick Nielsen and Robin Zander. BJ, what are your true feelings about good girls go to heaven? Bad girls go everywhere. Uh-uh. Well, the verse is a complete nightmare. The <laughs> production, the mix, yeah. sounds like complete shit. Uh, the, there's a percussion nightmare happening here. I do. The bridge kicks in when the bridge ki- kicks in with some chunky guitar. That part is good, but then the chorus again is pretty shitty. Terrible lyrics. Well, I guess I mean there. The chorus had potential. This is one of those songs in this album that there's a couple of little bits that you're like, yeah, that could have been something, but as a whole, the song sucks. The song sucks, you know. So is that but a it, zero for you, BJ? Yeah, yeah, I'd have okay. to give it a zero. But there are a couple of moments where you're like, yeah, that could have been good. (laughs) But it's just the whole, when it all comes together, it's just a piece of shit. (laughs) I know that there are women on the Cheap Talk Facebook page that will love this song. Because it's one of those, like, you know, I'm a soccer mom, but I'm still a naughty girl. You know, that kind of thing. Well, it, it, this song is just horribly, horribly produced. Yeah, you know? but, it, but it brings out the woo girls. Those are the woo girls. You know what I'm talking about? Joe Royland, your thoughts on good girls go to Sheboygan, bad girls go to... Lacrosse. Uh, yeah, <laughs> bad girls go to lacrosse. Bad girls go to Joliet. <laughs> I definitely agree with BJ. It's like... Yeah, Eau Claire. Eau <laughs> Claire. This this is a mess of a song. It sounded like they had two different ideas for two different songs and tried to mesh them together into one, uh, especially with the differences between the juxtaposition between the chorus and the verse parts. And um, it, it, I will say that it sounds like there there could have been something there. Um, I, I'd I give the song a half, um, but uh, I hate the way it just cuts off cold at the end too. Yeah. That just bothers me. It's just like, would, it, would the tape get fucked up? Or, you know, like the first time I heard it, I'm like, well, did something wrong here? You know, because it just cut so quick and so cold. No, someone just said enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when someone was mastering the album, said, there's another minute left, but fuck this, enough. And just, yeah. you know. Maybe it was two different songs and they just chopped up the tape and put it, a, Possible. And it together. That's, that's what it feels like to me. BJ, I'm going to offer you the, the the BJ challenge for this album is to combine rearview mirror romance and good girls go to heaven and make <laughs> one song out of it and come up with a good song. Yeah, combine them both and we'll re- we'll just release it as its own episode. <laughs> what about you, Ken? Well, I don't like to talk bad about cheap tricks, so I'm going to go on to the next song. Well, wait, I I can't do that even. <laughs> <laughs> can't do that i've already talked about two great cheap trick songs recently but it seems so long ago now after hearing this it's the idea is cute it's again this is one of those rick had a cute idea here and this is it's it's almost like you know how gene simmons keeps a notebook of goofy ideas that he has that he thinks would be funny it's almost like rear rearview mirror romance and good girls go to heaven, bad girls go everywhere. Where he just scribbled them down and made something out of them. I don't think Gene thinks they'll be funny. I don't think he yeah. even knows they're funny. Yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> Rick's trying to be clever. 
Listen. Gene's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but hold on a second. Hold on a second. Rick's trying to be clever. He's suffering the same sin. So whether you, you know, one way or the other. It's the only way I can enjoy something like Rearview Mirror Romance, Good Girls Go to Heaven, or Burn Bitch Burn, and Logs in Fireplaces. It's the only way... <laughs> I have to look at them as someone trying to be funny. It's the only way I can survive it. So I mean, Gene used the Spinal Tap lyric and didn't even know. <laughs> so. Right. But is that because <laughs> they were parroting people like Gene? Uh, he wound up uh, prophecy fulfilled, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where's our score here? Yeah, I gave it a zero. Oh, and also, for some reason, there's a Meatloaf song with the exact same title right because it's a funny title listen <laughs> it, this this seems to me like it should have been one of those shitty aerosmith songs that came out in the 80s and 90s it ended up being a song title for meatloaf down the road too yeah so this is three pluses then three plus zeros yes yes three plus zeros so no seriously <laughs> these are bolos bum, bum, bum. <laughs> but as bad or as good as this song is Good girls go to heaven, but this song can go to hell. And I hope it takes track nine with it. I hope it takes track nine with it. Good God, good gravy, my goodness me gum. Okay, so this stink burger, good girls go to heaven, bad girls go to Facebook and complain about this song. The worst song on the doctor poll brings us in at track three. And Mike Hayes even picks it as the worst song off this album, so... Oh yeah, I saw that. I'm name yeah. dropping, Clank. And <laughs> let's let's see where it fits on the best song by the Doctor. Three people picked this as their favorite song off of the Doctor. Good girls go to heaven. Bad girls go to Facebook and vote this song as their favorite. Three of them. Three so. three of them. Two of them were Jim Steinman and Milo. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Stuart a day? Is that his? Uh, is that Milo's name? Something like that. Michael A a day. A Michael a day, yeah. It sounds like you're Stewart. speaking pig Latin. <laughs> Michael a day a. All right. This next song has uh, the distinction of being a song that I often skip off a Cheap Trick album, and that's saying something very bad because that's an unforgivable sin for me. But uh, God, it's necessary. Man, you lip you later. Christ, what were they thinking? Again, Rick trying to be clever. 
Yeah, written by Rick Nielsen, Robin Zander, and Tony Platt. I'm going to play this all on the feet of Tony Platt. <sighs> BJ, I can't. Please, pontificate. Well, what I wrote is, this is insulting to Cheap Trick fans. <laughs> this, I mean, this song has nothing to do with Cheap Trick. It's just a what-were-they-thinking uh, moment, I think. Can't even imagine what motivated this to be created. Um, and, you know... Yeah, this is the low point of the album in terms of the production. Because I think the whole song is the production, practically, you know? Like, the it was written as it was produced almost, because it's just, that's everything, every element of the song is just the terrible production. There's just not much else there. Worst drum sound on the album, and that is a, an achievement, you know? So... Yeah, this is just... You have to fucking work hard. And, you know, <laughs> we need to go on record that what Bunny has said about this album is that he recorded his drum parts and went fishing. So Yeah, he hated it. He hated it even back then, you know. If, if they would have given Bunny two pencils with erasers and mic'd him tapping a desk, it would have sounded better than most of the drums on this, this album. Joe Royland, as our guest, give us your thoughts on the classic Man You Lip You Later. Well, <laughs> this is where I'm going to break for the pack. Um, I actually would give this song half a point. Uh, I will agree that with BJ that it's not really a cheap trick song. I think what they were kind of going for was more of like a power station-y kind of thing because it's kind of a funk rock song. Like John Bass's, uh, John Brand's bass work on this is totally funky. I actually dig it. I think it's some of his best bass work on a cheap trick record that really stands out. Uh, the title of the song is terrible. Uh, but Rick's guitar, there's a lot of great guitar playing from Rick on this song. I did used to not like the song at first, but over the years, it actually has grown on me. I think the basic bones of the song are there for a decent song, but maybe not a great cheap trick song. However, if you put different production on it, this song probably would have fit on one and one, one on one. It's just kind of like you were saying, having a quirky kind of song. This is definitely one that falls into that, but I, I would actually give this a half a point, and I think it's a far better song than, say, something like Hummer or Decaf off of Special One. Maybe it's equally as bad as Hummer. I don't know. It's better uh, than it's Hummer, better. I guess. It's Hummer's better. not even it's a better. song, though. Isn't well, that so, what Michael Butler said? It was his favorite yeah, song of the that's album. That's his favorite song, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, I would not call this my favorite song off The Doctor, but it has grown on me over the years. And I actually kind of dig it now. So. Well, this Sad is the I Want Be Man. This is the I Want yeah, Be Man. this is the I Want Be Man off this yeah. album. This is I Want It Not To Be On the Album song for me. But I, I don't hate it. I Want Be Man, You Lip You Later, hey. There you go. <laughs> Craig Smith and Eric, uh, there you go. <laughs> so off of our Facebook poll, best song on The Doctor, this song doesn't get a single vote. <laughs> not a surprise. Yeah. It's the only song not to be someone's favorite off of all the people over at Cheap Talk's Facebook page. This is the only <laughs> song to not get even a, a vote or a hanging chat or anything. It's like complete <laughs> fuck off to it. On the other hand, it does have a wonderful distinction of being the worst song on the Doctor poll. And it's picked with 90-some people saying... The big F U to manipulator. So let's go across the board. Joe, your your rating on this one? 
I gave it a, a point five. BJ? Zero. Zero point zero. Yeah. I give it the finger, so. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are, the last track on the album, buried at the end. Like, imagine just like having to sit through all this shit to get to this next song. And it's sad. It's very sad. I really love this song. Track 10, It's Only Love. that came out for this had a bit of a weird distinction and that it used sign language yeah it was the first rock video for those who couldn't hear <laughs> you have to wonder about that and if this video were to come out today it wouldn't be able to be shown anywhere because of the flickering light for people who have trouble playing video games that might cause them to spaz out or whatever people with epilepsy right <laughs> okay yeah. There's a lot of flickering in the video, and then there's that weird underwater filter. And it it's weird. Rick's walking around acting like he's sick in the video, like, I need a doctor, right? So over and over again. And then the, the video effect makes you almost sick, too. So... It's it's almost like they said, let's let's take this song that's probably going to be a hit and fuck with it, right? Yeah. It's almost counterproductive. And then it's weird, but almost everybody in the video looks like they should be out of... Like, David Lee Roth was done with people, and they said, bring the David Lee Roth characters that he has, you know, just floating around the back of his videos. I'm surprised you didn't see the guys going, my children will simply kill me, David, you know. Those characters, you know what I'm talking about, BJ? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Don't leave me hanging here, man. You're... <laughs> yeah, I agree. So we've got a great song, a quirky, weird video that makes me nauseous. I don't know why they did that, but what do you think of the video and what do you think of the song, BJ? Well, the the nurse doing sign language is hilarious on the video. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the the choppiness of it and the colors of the background not really great. You know, it's not. <laughs> it looks like a video from the '80s. It, but yeah, I understand what you're saying about how maybe it wasn't going to go into heavy rotation. Um, 
But it did because of the gimmick of the video being only, you know, for those who couldn't hear. It, it, <laughs> they showed it like every hour. I don't remember it getting played that much. I do. I remember one day where it was like, boom, here we go. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Remember when MTV would do that on the hour thing? On the fives? Where yeah. like every hour would kick off with a, a video like every day. So you had like uh, Yankee Rose or something like that. Every every hour you would. This was one of them. Okay. Yeah, because I, I don't even remember seeing this video till years after it was out. And there's Rick in his science fiction outfit. He looks like uh, something from Blade Runner, Rick. Joe Royland, your thoughts? I love this song. This is uh, definitely one of... This actually is my favorite song on this album. Uh, it's one of the songs that is messed with the least. It sounds the most like Cheap Trick. If they had recorded the whole album this way, it would probably be regarded as a much better album than it is. There's great guitar spots from Rick. Uh, Robin's vocals on it absolutely shine. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite songs on this whole album. And I find it's interesting that my the three best songs on this album are at the beginning, in the middle, and the end. I still think this song is, has bad production. I don't like the processed acoustic guitar sound that that they did. And uh, yeah, I think that there's still a lot of production issues on this song. Very well-written song. But one thing I was thinking is, don't you guys think this song would have been better in a higher key than it is? Because Robin sings really low. And that's an interesting point, too, because for most of the rest of this album, Robin's singing in a really high register compared to like other yeah. Cheap Trick albums, too. This song's really low, and like I think they could have like moved it up a key, and it might be even better. It is a really good song, but I think it does have a lot of the same issues that everything else on the album has, you know? I'm wondering, too, if they did that, because this is the second... I mean, technically, the only real ballad on this album is Take Me to the Top, and maybe they just feel, felt they needed something that was another ballad on the album, because mm -hmm. it's, it's a little too fast to be a ballad, but maybe that's why they slowed it. If you bring it up a key, it's going to raise it in speed. So yeah, they may, that'd be why, maybe why they slowed it down a bit.
I like the shout out to London Town. That yeah, I do too. Cool. And when I play this song on guitar, and I love the fact that Rick has like this weird little joke in it where he goes, where it's it's just like a strumming ballady kind of pop song, right? And then it is in there. It's almost like a heavy metal guitar hidden as a as an answer to the joyful love song that it is. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? That stinging sound? Like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. BJ's going to have fun with that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look at how it lines up. Line up, sign up, and vote today. And on the worst song on The Doctor, this song does not get a vote. So yay for it. So it, it stays clean. It is clear. On the best song of The Doctor poll... It comes in at number two. So this is the second most loved song right after Take Me to the Top. So there you go. We're just going to take a look at the, 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 the top six songs, okay? In order, Take Me to the Top, It's Only Love, It's Up to You, Kiss Me Red, and Rearview Mirror Romance. So we'll leave that one off and pick up Name of the Game or Lonely Tonight instead. So so that's kind of what I, when I make a mix or would make a tape or a travel version of this those are the things i would keep off of this album what 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 say you bj yeah yeah those are all the the best songs i would agree yeah bj where do you come in for um it's only love is that a one or a half oh yeah it's for sure it's a one okay so that puts us at uh 5.5 for me 5.5 for you and 4.5 for ken which pretty much goes along with ken's analysis that this is like an EP. It's a worthy EP. It's like a half a decent album. But even the songs that are decent, most of them have problems. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. With a little tinkering, could have been great. So, we're putting it out there once again. Our stalwart Cheap Talk listener, Kevin O'Connor, suggested that we do a fan tribute album, A Cure for the Doctors. So if you are a musician, and you're sitting out there going, but I love Cheap Trick, and I play guitar, and you want to pick a song, pick one of these songs, and we will air it on a future episode of Cheap Talk. That's right. You can be heard by thousands and millions. If you think you have a cure for the doctor, please let us know. We're going to try to revive this campaign and rock for the cure. Right, BJ? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Joe, thank you for keeping score today. Oh, you're welcome. I will say that I still enjoy The Doctor overall. I, I think it's hardly their worst album. That's the, the rating it often gets. I think at the time it was their worst album. But since then, there are albums like I'd rather listen to The Doctor than Special One on, yeah, on, on a given here. day. You know, yeah, and, me and too. Maybe even, the, maybe even the two most recent albums in that. So. Yep, same here. But one good thing about The Doctor, no matter what, it's all given us an easy vote in the worst album that Cheap Trick ever put out for the very long time. It was the easy yeah. pick. It was the easy one that drew a lot of uh, fan ire, if you will. But there's some great stuff on this album. There really is. And I hate talking bad about Cheap Trick. I love them. I love just about everything they've ever done. But we were at a point where I feel that the band was creatively lost. And this is indicative of this. And yes, the record company is going to tamper with them. 
and they're going to try to get them to be something more than they are until they eventually are dropped from the record label. And as much as you want to complain out there about Woke Up With A Monster, that's the first time that they sounded like Cheap Trick in an incredibly long, 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 long time. It, it brought them back to that first album, that crunchy rock thud. I absolutely agree with that. So whenever I hear people give shit to anything off of Woke Up With A Monster, I'm like, but at least it was... It wasn't the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say I like Man Be Later better than Ride the Pony. <laughs> that that song is going to go down as the worst Cheap Trick song ever. Yeah, it's we need to do them. an episode, the worst of Cheap Trick, and play the songs. Yeah, we need to do that. That's what we need to do is get all of our podcasting friends to send recordings of them talking about their least favorite Cheap Trick songs so we could together and out a show out of that what do you think pj <laughs> well you've just been saying about how you well, hate talking bad about cheap trick but hey that's, yeah but it wouldn't episode. be me it would be everyone <laughs> else yeah. doing it that's that's a that's a bj cramp rock and a roll episode worse than cheap trick right there yeah and then you do a cross market there you go yep because we love bj's show rock and or roll i don't even want to hear brian sword's list <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, Joe, tell the folks where they can find your show, Sit and Spin, with Joe Royland, and what you do on your show. All right. You can find Sit and Spin with Joe on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, basically, our show is a review show where I talk about new releases of music. You, generally, it's new releases that just came out by an artist. Sometimes it's a classic reissue of something. Uh, we talk about records released on vinyl, on CD, and also talk about uh, movies and documentaries that were released on DVD and Blu-ray. Excellent. And Joe, I want to tell you, it was my honor to meet you at the 2017 Rockin' Pod. I'll tell you, when I met you, I didn't know what to expect, but you seriously are one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I'm going to say in podcasting, but that's just because we're talking about podcasts. You are seriously one of the nicest guys I've ever met. You just have a sweetness uh, about you. Thank you, Ken. Your love for your family and your child is just amazing. Uh, your yeah. kindness is just something that I truly appreciate. It was great uh, hanging out with you. And uh, we all got to sing on Surrender. And it was fun. Yeah. It was a good time. I appreciate that, Ken, and the same too. I, I look to you as uh, an inspiration for like when things are going bad in my life, uh, the Podfather is there as somebody is a positive source, a light in the darkness, uh, somebody who inspires all of us, I think, in the podcasting world. And uh, I, I am glad to have you around, and I, uh, I hope you're around for a long time in all the different shows you do, like making all of our worlds better. I plan on it. After almost croaking last February, It's it's been... It's been a, a uh, something of mine to really keep this going and to 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 get out there and be with people and I'm I'm glad to be among you. It's great. You, I noticed not so much BJ though. You didn't say anything good about him. Oh, uh, <laughs> come on, BJ is like the brother I never had. Well, I actually have a brother, but like he's. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus, like, that's like, gonna be an uncomfortable <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> But BJ is like like the brother from another mother. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like uh, so much, I see so much similarity in BJ. Uh, absolutely great person. Love his show. Yeah, just like 
BJ in general is just the coolest dude, you know, uh, great taste in music. I, I, I can't say enough good things about BJ. I agree, and I like the guy myself. I love I love you, BJ. I love you, you bastard. Get over here. I love you. And that concludes our discussion on side two of The Doctor. We want to thank Joe Royland for being here today. Thank you for being here, Joe. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be surrounded by Cheap Trick fans and their love. It's, it's, all, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, hit us up on Facebook. Uh, tell us if we're wrong. We don't mind hearing it. Uh, post pictures if you want to, just not 23 of them in one setting. But let us know your thoughts on the doctor. And remember, find a cure for the doctor. And you should own the doctor no matter what we say about it. We feel you should own it. Right, guys? I agree. Sure, yeah. All right, we'll see you on the next episode of Cheap Talk. Say bye. Good night now. Bye. Good night now. Ladies and gentlemen. We will see you all on the next episode of Cheap Talk. If you're if you're not feeling well, take a cure for the doctor, right, BJ? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if there's any help for it, so keep cheap tricking. See you guys. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> Sayonara. Suicide. <laughs> Suicide. <laughs> At the rib cook-off in Akron. <laughs> <laughs> Cheap Talk With Ken and BJ Brian Cramp <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> It's the Smooth Jams with Brian Cramp and Ken Mills And that's our show Trick Chat is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep cheap tricking.